to the Tron Church Talking Points podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the sermons from Sunday. I'm here with Willie and Phil, um, uh, who are both preaching. So um, over the weekend I was actually away and I missed Phil um, preaching in the morning. Um, So I was catching up uh, last night and this morning on your sermon, Phil. Um, I would listen to something over the weekend which was particularly helpful um, and quite challenging. Um, he was talking about how Sunday is the centrepiece of our week in terms of meeting together, being under God's word as a church family and just the importance of being fresh on a Sunday. And it was encouraging us to think about going to bed early enough on a, a Saturday night. Not partying so, till no about part- four in the no morning. Partying. No, no. <laughs> so that I actually, um, I mean, this has never happened to me before, but falling asleep or not paying <laughs> sure full attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, feeling full attention on a Sunday morning. And yeah, I thought it was really helpful actually. Because um, you guys, I imagine, spend a few hours roughly on each sermon. Is how, uh, 40, how many? 45 minutes. Uh, 45 minutes per sermon? That's how long I actually spend with my head in my hands after initially reading a passage thinking, <laughs> oh my goodness. No, no. But no, probably a good... The guts of the week. Yeah, the, best, the guts of the, the week. Of the week. Yeah, yeah, you guys, we don't see you doing this. You're in your um, studies preparing the sermons. Mm-hmm. Um, so the challenges at least that I could do, or us as a church family wanting to come and hear your word is to be attentive and listening carefully to what you have to, to say, what God has to say through you and through his word. That's the key um, thing, isn't it? It's yeah. not about exalting the, the person who's preaching, no. but it's about the preacher and everybody else taking seriously the fact that this is mm. the living word of God yeah. to us. This is not just a an interesting few observations that are being shared yeah. for something to think about. This is actually the living God in the midst of his people, speaking his word to us, to this people, in this Mm -hmm. place, at this time, for our lives. And, um, you know, there's nothing could be more serious than that, could there? Either in those who have the responsibility to carry that word or all of us who have the responsibility to to hear it and to respond. So, yeah, it is. We should be, it should be like the compass that sets our course for for the whole week. Yeah, really. absolutely. Well, I really enjoyed um, catching up with the sermon um, in One Kings. And I think like most weeks we can see there's like parallel things that are being taught through both sermons. And um, it was it was great just to be um, hearing that last bit of the, the chapter about Jeroboam. And there was a lot, wasn't there, about um, how he twisted God's words. He didn't listen to God's words and commands. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting to think about where do we see the spirit of Jeroboam and counterfeit religion in the world today? What sure. do you think? Well, I think in lots of ways, it doesn't change <laughs> as time goes on, does it? It's, uh, you know, and the evil one, our enemy, doesn't seem to have any fresh tactics. <laughs> There's a lot of repetition, but I, I, I wanted to just pick up on the how how sneaky Jeroboam is with scripture, how he twists the word of God and the history of those places in uh, Israel in order to make his false counterfeit religion sound genuine and and respectable and uh, in order to try and win people to follow his uh, cult, because that's what it is. He's using all the same language, isn't he? He loves to use the evangelical language, loves to use the biblical mm-hmm. place names, even the, the, the having a feast just like that one in Judah. Yes. Yeah. Um, slightly different date, but uh, it's just the, just the same. Ours is just as good. That's yes. the, that's the point that's being made, isn't it? And we're seeing that. We see that all the time, mm-hmm. don't we? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, one of the things that's obviously, well, it's been in the news, hasn't it, a lot uh, just recently is, is the Church of England and the Synod and their vote to, uh, like the Church of Scotland did uh, some years ago, um, to bless uh, homosexual unions. And uh, lots of weasel words being used, trying to pretend they're not changing the doctrine of the church and so on. But what they're saying is, uh, we've got our version of marriage, and uh, it's very similar to the other. Look, yes. it's just like the other one. Yes. But we'll call it this, and mm. um, and and then we can all be agreed yeah, on it. it's yeah, just yeah. the same. Yeah. And of course, it's not. And that's what you have in the passage here. There's all this flummery going on, and all this pretending of use of language. But the fact of the matter is, when verse 28 says the king took counsel, they made two calves of gold and said to the people. <laughs> Um, you know, these are your gods, mm-hmm. exactly as Aaron said mm-hmm. uh, when they had the golden calf. That, that's, that's God in this passage saying, they're setting up an idol. So it doesn't matter how you dress yeah, it up, it doesn't yeah. matter how much lipstick you put on it, yes. it's still a pig. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, and yet, everybody runs after it. Mm-hmm. It's staggering, isn't it? I, mean, yes. I, I was really struck by that. The silence of Israel is, is uh, deafening, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. the fact that none of them seem to pull back. And I wonder if actually that's that's indicative of what's going on in their hearts as yeah. a nation, is that they, here is a man they've appointed who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear, to quote yeah. the Apostle Paul to Timothy. Well, that's, uh, the, that's the thing, isn't it? It's that, you know, both Aaron back in Exodus and Jeroboam here, um, they're not being countered, and that is because mm. they're giving people what they want. Mm. So yeah. people's hearts are idolatrous, yeah. and that's still the case. I mean, yeah. and it's the biggest pressure... Uh, on leaders of God's people mm-hmm. who to, yeah. to 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 be true to God because it puts you often against those who want yeah. to hear something different. People yeah. want to be told, yes, bless you, that's fine, do that, because God approves of that. It's just as good as doing it God's way. And they want to hear that mm-hmm. about sexual ethics, about all sorts yes. of other things. Um, uh, and it's very hard to say, well... No, that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's actually idolatry. That's the opposite yeah. of what God wants. You need yeah. to repent of that and come back to God. Yeah. And that's hard to do. That you know, that's why Paul has to urge Timothy yeah. <laughs> to keep preaching the word in season and out of season. Why? Because people won't want to hear it. No. Yeah. And if people won't want to hear it, you won't want to speak it mm-hmm. because yes. you become the bad guy. You become the extremist. You become the person who's unloving. You become the person who's mm. giving us a bad witness or giving us a bad reputation mm. or you know whatever way you want to put it. So it is very difficult. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I was I was shocked when Phil because um, I hadn't really hadn't picked up on this. You know when you said. Um, so he points to priests um, from any tribe, not just from the Levites. Yes. And, you know, when you see the, the golden calf, you think, oh, how obvious can you get that this is not right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. but it works, it works like you yeah. said. The and I guess mm-hmm. looking back, it's easy to think, oh, it worked for them. I can't believe they, yes. they fell for that. Yes. But I suppose maybe people looking back in history, our society today, they'll say the exact thing. I can't believe it worked. You know, the counterfeit yeah. yes. religion, the counterfeit yeah. Um, gospel. At the heart of it is it's a rejection of the Lord, isn't it? It's uh, it's unbelief uh, manifesting itself in their appointed king, and in their decisions not to push back against him, and uh, their obedience to his 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 fakery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also it's interesting. It's rooted actually, I think, back to the start of the chapter in the grumbles they brought forward against Solomon, and that regime. Remember, I spoke about that last Sunday. That there's a lot of spin. And I think they exaggerate how hard life was under Solomon. Um, but really it's kicking against the order that God has set in place. Mm-hmm. And to do that is to reject God's authority. Um, 
but you said something about it, how it's um, it's what's appealing rather than what God yes. says. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's what you see today, isn't it? Yes. You, you know, what is appealing yeah. is what society will be accepting yeah. of instead yeah. of like mm. the Bible, which teaches us mm. God's truth and yeah. what God commands as good yes. and bad, right and wrong. And, you know, and the, 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 the danger for the church is it just becomes like politicians so the politicians put out focus groups and they do their surveys and they find out what the people want and then they tailor their policies to what will get the votes yeah. <laughs> well what that means is that the politicians are being led by the people um, and that's what's happening here the king in a sense is evil in his own heart but he he's fearful he doesn't want people to desert him and therefore he says well give them what they want mm. and what people want mm. is idolatry and what the human heart wants is mm. to have their sin blessed and what Many, sadly, in the professing Christian church today want is to do it my way and have the church bless me. And um, not just, not even now enough toler to tolerate it, but to bless it. Bless and that's it. why... Call it holy. Yes, and that's yeah. why the, the activists and so on are pushing so hard on the Church of England, because they're not willing to just have things tolerated. They want the church to bless it. Yeah. And then, so that's what, it's exactly what Jeroboam is doing mm -hmm. here. Uh, we want We want the people to... Um, we want everyone to bless this this counterfeit yes. uh, religion, and uh, yeah. it's, it's nothing nothing changed. The human no. heart hasn't changed. No. So Sin what's hasn't the changed. what's the way in which we can be bolstered to sort of recognise smell a rat when when one comes along? Yes. Well, yeah. for, well like I said on Sunday, fundamentally it begins with knowing the word of God. Um, you know, the, I think I said this, you know defending the church. Spiritually speaking, it's not a mystical thing. It's, it is loving the Lord of the, the law of the Lord, His word, His instruction, His teaching, letting it master us, uh, letting it master us as individuals, but also as a church family. We do it together. That's why we need each other for that. Um, and I guess also yeah. encouraging you guys yeah. who are preaching, because I am so thankful I'm not you, because <laughs> I just think, gosh, some of the days where you've been preaching something, it's been a really hard message. Mm. Um, I just think, oh, thank, thank the Lord I'm not having to stand up and preach this hard message because it's not easy for you, I suppose, doing that. I imagine you get a lot mm. of kickback from people who are like, oh, let's just go a bit easier or do you, does that ever happen when you're trying to... Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. And, and, and it's, I mean, part of that is because, um, as we were saying at the beginning, people have a wrong idea of... Um, what's going on as we meet together on a Sunday. What, what is going on is we are gathering together as the Paul calls the church gathered the temple of the living God. The spirit of the Lord is present. He is in the midst speaking his word. That's why it says the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 14, even an outsider comes in and will hear the word of God being proclaimed like that and say, goodness, surely God is in the midst. Mm. Well, that's the truth. That's an awesome thing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Hebrews says you, we worship God with reverence and awe because God is a consuming fire. But people, people nowadays <laughs> don't tend to think like that. And actually, they think, in a sense, that it's often that the preacher is like the prisoner in the dock having to make some sort of a, an apology for himself. And, and they're like the jury sitting, deciding, well, what's our decision going to be about this, for or against? Um, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, it's not God and his word that's in the dock. It's us who are in the dock, and we're being judged by it. So... That's part of the problem. We live in a very me-centered society. We are, um, you know, incredibly focused on our own feelings, our own reactions. How do I feel about this? Did I like that? Did I agree with that? Mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, I mean, that is idolatry, isn't it? That's making God bow down and worship us yes. rather than we, we are, we are the centre, yeah. yeah, rather than His Word. And, um, and Him. you know, there's that there's that bit in Ecclesiastes five, isn't it, which which, which says, you know, <laughs> don't be quick to speak when you go to the house of God. You know, be quiet <laughs> yes. and listen. Mm. That's what it's about. Um, and we have to examine our hearts because often we're really the opposite. We're saying, well, we don't want to listen, but we'll tell you what we think. So yeah, it's difficult. We all have to humble ourselves. Mm. Um, and it's hard mm. to give hard messages. Yeah. But, you know, the preacher is also, the preacher is there <laughs> in two roles. He's a preacher and a hearer. So yeah. we have to hear the word ourselves. Yeah. So we have to humble ourselves yeah. on the word. So, you know, um, it is possible to preach harshly <laughs> and, and hard words Hard words should never really be preached harshly because the preacher is also hearing them and receiving them. <laughs> yep. So I think you know hard words have to be preached humbly, but it's still hard. Yes. And 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 the one who speaks, the messenger, does tend to be the person who is attacked when there's bad news, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's part of. That's why. That's why when Paul talks in the New Testament about the qualification of the Christian leaders. Apart from, apart from anything else, it's why it's a role for men, because <laughs> there's a masculine toughness required. I mean, I know these days it's very uh, unpopular to say these things, yeah. but mm. that is the fact. Mm. Uh, that's what Gary was talking about, at, in the, at, the, at least the word we can't do it. God is a warrior. He fights for yes. his people, <laughs> but also against yeah. his people. And so, and Paul says, you know, man has got to be, able mm. to manage his own family, his own household, mm. all of these things. Otherwise, how is he going to be able to manage yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the household of the Lord? So we, we can't get away from that. No. It's a tough, it's a tough business. Yeah, and I guess sometimes people can hear a message from any of the preachers and if it offends their feelings or upsets them, what I guess some people can do is say, okay, I'm just not going back. I'm just, I'm like, that's me yeah. and cut ties. And what, what would you encourage people to, to do if... For example, they're sitting in church on Sunday and they're like, oh gosh, I can't believe Willie or Phil or whoever said that. Um, and instead of just taking offence, what would you encourage them to do? Well, first and foremost, I, I would say, come and, come and speak to us. <laughs> come and see us. Uh, get in touch. And uh, yeah, I'd love to talk to people about that. Because mm. um, you, you've probably, like, the common message I get is that a lot of people not many people speak to you about your sermons on a Sunday after the service. So it'd probably be a great encouragement that you're, you actually know that at least one person was listening. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if they actually ask you a question about something, yeah. it's, it's not... Well, the, yeah, the most encouraging times after sermons when people come and they ask you about the, pa the past, or something they've learned, something they feel challenged. You know, it's, you know, it's nice sometimes to hear, you know, I was well delivered, but we're not interested. It's not about us. It's what, is, what was Jesus saying to us all? And I want to talk to people about that. What was he saying to me and encouraging us all as a church? The, 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 no, no preacher is infallible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the, the fact is that, um, you know, all of us can say things in an unhelpful way at times. And, you know, so it's not a question of, of you know, we mustn't be defensive about that. No. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of times I've, I've regretted seeing something the way I have or, or, me too. or whatever. <laughs> Somebody's pointed it out to me uh, yeah. and, and you know, you take that very seriously. I think you, 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 people may not realise that, but, um, but you know, most, most 
sincere preacher. We'll take criticism very seriously uh, because, you know, we do examine ourselves. We, 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 we take that seriously. We don't want to be adding our own offence. But to be honest, in my experience, the things that, that really have made people offended, um, I wouldn't matter how you said them because it's not the way it's said, it's what's mm-hmm. being said. It's, it's the message from the word. And... Um, you know, I, I, everybody has to examine themselves, those who are speaking, but also those who are hearing. And if we find a reaction of anger coming against something that's being being said, I do think that the first thing we ought to think about is, you know, is it right to be angry? You know, that's what Paul, uh, what, what God said to Cain, isn't it? You know, are you, do you do well to be angry? What he's saying to him is, Cain, examine yourself here, um, because actually it's my word that is making you angry and the truth is you're angry with me mm-hmm. and oftentimes when people are angry with the church or angry with the preacher or angry with the group leader whatever it is mm-hmm. underneath it all really is the fact that they're angry with god and that's a very dangerous place to be and uh, and and so i would say to people you know you do need to examine your heart about that um, yeah. Because um, it, it, you know that's 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 an important thing. Great. Um, so moving on to thinking about um, the evening sermon um, in Genesis, and Willie, you spoke quite a bit about um, spiritual blessing and the fact that actually God makes it really clear that the gospel is a command, um, and you'll be blessed as you obey. Um, the gospel of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes people um, can think of spiritual blessing as a kind of mystical, sort of mysterious, some people seem to be spiritually blessed and others maybe not so much. Um, but how are we to think about spiritual blessing um, in a right way and not in a sort of mystical, flimsy sort of way? What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean... Um... New Testament tells us, doesn't it, that, that God gives his spirit to those who obey him. <laughs> so that's a very concrete thing, isn't it? Um, people talk a lot of nonsense about experience of the Holy Spirit and all the rest of it, but that's the truth. God, God calls us to obedience, and to obey God is to be under his blessing. Um, and that's what faith is. That's what I think is so helpful about many of these great stories in the Old Testament. And there's none greater than Genesis 12. I mean, it's the... It's the example, isn't it, of faith that's quoted all the way through the New Testament. Abraham believed God and, and, and God counted it to him for righteousness. How do we know Abraham believed God? Because when God told him to go, he went. Um, Paul talks in those terms. Hebrews talks in those terms. I mean, it's the great example. And, and, it, and, and what, what's so helpful about it is that um, it's so concrete. It, faith is something you can see. How do you know Abraham had faith? Because yeah. he got up and went. Um, and as he went along, he built altars to the Lord, and there he called on the name of the Lord. So faith is an audible thing. He's speaking to God, and he's uh, interacting with God. It's a visible thing. He's going and doing what God says. Um, I just think that's very helpful. That's why, I mean, faith has become a very threadbare word, and, and people people misunderstand it. You know, people say things sometimes, don't they? A non-Christian person might say, well, you know, I wish I had your faith, but I don't. And the answer to that is, well, you just do it. Just do it. <laughs> so Jesus said, you know, blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. 
Uh, my, you know, people give him all sorts of flummery about, oh, blessed is your mother, blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, 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 blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. My father and mother and sister and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Jesus was incredibly concrete. Um, how did he call the first disciples to faith? Leave your nets, leave your father's boats, leave all that behind and come and come the new way with me. Just, just exactly as he said to Abraham. Uh, and so... I, it's so helpful in lots of ways. People get tied in knots about faith and works and so on. All James is saying in his letter is, well, you know, faith without works is dead. He says, Show me your faith without work. <laughs> There's no such thing. You see it by works. How do you know Rahab had faith? Well, she hid the spies. How do you know Abraham had faith? Well, he did it. So how do you know somebody's a Christian? They follow Jesus. Yeah. Actually, Gary Rutherson said something very helpful at the weekend. He was talking about some a time in his life where he'd just really mucked up and really gone away from the Lord and he's like questioning oh what am I actually a Christian and he's like the reason he knew he was a Christian is because he mucked up but he then got up and kept following the Lord yeah. and that was you know like the obedience of faith you know we all do that we all um, fall we all sin yeah. um, but if we love the Lord Jesus we will get up and yeah. carry on yeah. and, and go yeah. forward and I think yeah that's not a kind of feeling based thing it's actually like you can see it happening in your life whether you yeah yeah and the, the the whole bible is remarkably concrete like that jesus is always calling people to actually do things mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how you know james says be a hearer and a doer mm -hmm. being a hearer on its own is no good mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's 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 pointless um and, and sometimes people get confused because they think oh is that not works is that not mean you're saved by works not at all. It's just saying you're saved by doing what God says. <laughs> the gospel is a command to obey. Yeah. Um, and that's just the same way as saying it's a command to believe. Because if you believe God, well, you believe him and you do what he says. Yeah. In other words, to believe God is to know and accept God's authority and his lordship and therefore his rule. <laughs> um, and so that's what it means to have faith, uh, to to. Uh, to confess Christ as Lord. That's how you're saved, says Paul. Believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. And the confessing with the mouth, his lordship, is the thing that is visible, tangible, real, concrete. Mm. Um, so that, that, and that's why these, so many of these stories are so helpful because yeah. you say, well, you want to know what faith actually looks like and mm -hmm. is. Well, there it is. Yeah. Look I at that. I thought what you said um, about uh, being the command of God and you'll find a true experience of God was really helpful because yes. I think, I guess, you, you know, you didn't mention ex explicit things, but specific things, but it was more like people might look for that in a, a type of worship service or a type of s yeah. music or, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, any well, pilgrimages yeah. or whatever yeah, you want to call yeah, yeah. But actually... All of which is very easy yeah. to counterfeit yeah. because... You'll have people of all kinds of different religions will have all kinds of experiences. Yeah. And you can't deny somebody's experiences. Yeah. People will feel all sorts of things. People can have trances. People can have ecstatic experiences. And all of these things, every single one of these can be replicated um, in all sorts of ways, which are quite counterfeit uh, and not... It's very uh, dangerous, isn't it? And nothing to do with, uh, with, with the reality of, uh, of faith. So that's why, you know, in Deuteronomy, Moses is talking about Prophets are rising, and they might do you know miraculous things, real things, but they teach you and lead you away from the way the Lord has called you to mm -hmm. walk. Well, don't go with them. Yeah. So it's not about the experience; it's about it's about truth. Yeah. And um, walking in the truth is the genuine experience yeah. of faith. 
no matter what it feels like. Sometimes it will feel marvelous. Mm-hmm. Other times it will feel absolutely terrible because yeah. the Lord is leading you through a very, a very dark yeah, valley. Dark, and you did mention that, didn't you? The fact that it is costly. You, you have to leave old habits, leave maybe past, totally your past life, um, old friends that might not be helpful. Mm. Um, it is hard. It's not, yeah. That's why it's so important to be meeting together yeah. on a Sunday. Just like Abraham it's, out of the land of Ur and leaving all those things behind. Yeah. and um, I was really struck by that. You mean, people sometimes have a figure, they think of Abraham like a lovely granddad figure who's you know a respectable man. He was a pagan. With all the trappings of paganism and all of the security that would be you know, uh, found in his father's household, leaving all of that. And yes, I think it's really important to remember what he's what he's leaving. I, I don't think I fully uh, realised that until years ago. I went to the British Museum in London and I remember visiting the room full of artefacts from Ur of the Chaldeans. And I was just staggered that you know, that was a sophisticated uh, culture. So I, you know, we mustn't have in our mind the idea of Abraham leaving some sort of you know few Stone Age huts and going off you know, on a nice adventure. Rather, picture him leaving, you know, magnificent buildings in a great city, you know, leaving the heart of London and being called to go off and live in a bivouac off in some, you know, in the middle of Dartmoor or something, mm-hmm. um, or, 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 or leaving the bright lights of Paris and going off into the, you know, the desert of North Africa. It was, he was leaving behind everything that seemed to be life and civilization and meaning and identity and all of that and actually going into absolute nothing and um, I think it's really important that we, that, that, we, that we realize that because that helps us I think to see that you know there is a lot to leave behind there's a lot of value in, in lots of ways to, 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 to leave behind but what God is promising, is worth more than all of that. But what God was promising Abraham was still lying a long way in the yes, future. Yes. He called him in the meantime to be an alien, a stranger, <clears throat> a wanderer on the earth. Yeah. The land he went to live in, in, in the land of promise, was the land of promise still. It wasn't the land of yes. fulfillment. And mm-hmm. the New Testament is very clear. Abraham was looking for a permanent city. He knew that the route to that permanent city of ultimate blessing was a long pilgrimage yeah. Uh, in the desert. And, um, and that's something to hold on to, as whether you're a young Christian or an old Christian, isn't it? Um, holding on to the promises of God about our future, eternal future with him um, in glory, because we won't keep going, will we, unless we hold on to those promises and think about them. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's... it's um, people say snide things like, oh, that just all sounds like pie in the sky when you die. Real Christianity is about the now. Well, in a very real sense, real Christianity is about the not yet. And it's mainly about the not yet mm-hmm. because we're still waiting for the yes. consummation of the, yeah. of the kingdom of the Lord. Yeah. And the New Testament message of the apostles is through many tribulations, yeah. we must enter the kingdom of heaven. So what we're promised is the Holy Spirit with us, yeah. never to leave us or forsake us. Mm-hmm. The joy of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Lord himself mm-hmm. with us all the way. But along with it, sufferings mm-hmm. and many hardships yeah. and persecutions so that's you're not doing something wrong if you're finding as a christian you're suffering that's not like a sign that you've failed no well absolutely as i was saying uh, uh on wednesday at the prayer meeting um and i won't mention more details here but i was with christian brothers just very recently many of whom 
in their ministries have been arrested or imprisoned or beaten up um, and you know know a great deal of suffering but I don't think I've been in the presence of so much joy in the Lord uh, among these brothers for a long time and so these two things go together in the Christian walk it's a little different yeah. for us in different yeah. circumstances but the same principle great well um, I think it's um, yeah just really clear through both uh, sermons and services on Sunday just the importance of meeting together being fed on a Sunday and being under God's word and encouraging each other speaking about what we've been learning together and um, yeah it would be just really um, great um, to maybe this coming Saturday night maybe try and get a bit of an earlier night than usual mm. um, but Phil and you and Willie are both preaching next week um, could you give us a bit of a taste of what's to come well, yeah, I we're looking as I said, I kind of left the sermon on a bit of a cliffhanger again. <laughs> yeah, again, I should probably stop doing that. Probably. Anyway, um, no, we're in chapter thirteen, which at first reading might be a bit perplexing, but I want to encourage people to read that before we come and think what is uh, the purpose of this? Why is this here in the book? And uh, yeah, we'll see how we get on. Yeah. Do you ever get that? So yeah, much, I read that yeah. chapter and I had yeah. absolutely no idea. <laughs> so mm. I think it would be good to read it a few times. Mm. Um, Phil will give us definitive answers. Yeah, on that's great. <laughs> and uh, Willie, what will you be? Yeah, well, we're on the second half of Genesis 12, and as I said on Sunday evening, it's a direct contrast to what we saw. So mm. we saw the pagans' first strides of faith, but now we see the patriarchs' first stumblings of fear. And there's just as much encouragement in that because, again, our salvation is not in trying to follow Abraham's example, because in the second half of the chapter, the point is, don't follow his example. Yes. But the wonderful thing is that yeah. the God who began with Abraham um, mm. continues with him, mm. despite his stumblings and his mess-ups, mm. and uh, where he really gets it wrong. And um, that probably means that there's a lot there for us to, to learn and to be encouraged as well as challenged by. So uh, do read that before Sunday. We will. Well, thank you very much and we'll look forward to hearing from both of you on Sunday. Mm-hmm.